why we do certain things, why we take certain decisions, and also challenge them to actually question why if they don't understand it. Uh, I think that that why is super important to create engagement uh, and reach results. Welcome to the podcast B2B SaaS CEOs with me, Joseph Olsen, as your host. I'm the CEO and founder of VAM that helps sales teams close more deals and book more meetings through video messaging. The idea to this podcast was born because one of my personal goals is to be a world-class B2B SaaS CEO and therefore I need to learn from the best. And I want to take you with me on this journey. Hi, my name is Niklas Gravi, CEO at Hitta.se and you're listening to B2B SaaS CEOs. Hi and welcome, Niklas. Hey, it's nice to be here. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Sun is shining, uh, can't complain. And let's jump straight into it then. Niklas, can you please tell the listeners, what does your company do? Do the elevator pitch. Happy to. So Hitta.se is a platform where you find information on local companies, people and places. Uh, and we help SMEs reach new local customers on our platform. Please, can you tell me what's the sauce aspect of Hitta? Yeah, happy to. So, well, essentially, my, my job is to transform Hitta from a media sales company to a sauce, or what we like to call it, a mass company, marketing as a service. Um, and, and that's what we're currently doing. So we have a sauce service allowing uh, small and medium-sized companies to to reach the local customers uh, through our platform uh, in a number of different or through a number of different products. If you are going to tell me a story, I love to listen to stories. Who doesn't? The story of how and why you ended up at Hitta. Yeah, no, it's a good story, I think. So back in the days, me and two other guys started Groupon in, in Sweden. Uh, and a Voria, who's today a partner at, at Sprint, who owns Hitta, was at that time uh, working for Shinevik and managing their group on investment. Uh, and, and since that time, I've, I've started the MVNO Hallon uh, in the Swedish market. And I've drove transformation of the mobile operator 3, uh, which seems to be a perfect match for what we're doing with Hitta today. And now you are here. And like we're already tapping into, you would say that your core focus now is to make Hitta in the upcoming months and years more sauce and moss. Correct. Correct. That's our full focus. And to be honest, we're, we're already there, uh, but we're, we're now growing it even further. Amazing. And then let's jump into the business development segment, because in this podcast, the listeners know that now it's two big segments, business development, leadership, and then some highs and low in between. Right. So first thing here, KPIs. Yes. What KPIs are the most important for you? Yeah, no, I mean, KPIs uh, is the, the, what you need to love uh, in the SaaS company, and we have a lot of them. Uh, but to boil it down to a few that are maybe more important then would be the MPS, of course, customer fulfillment, uh, how well do we deliver uh, our product to our customers, 
uh, renewal rates and ARR, uh, sales efficiency slash scalability, and last but absolutely not least, employee engagement, uh, making sure that our employment um, employees are, are happy to be working with us. And if you need to choose one as your North Star metric, what is that that you hold like? Well, I think currently it's our renewal rates. Uh, since since we've recently moved from from having contracts that we renew with salespeople every twelve months to the SaaS model with the recurring, um, so the renewal rates is something we look very carefully into at the moment. Yeah, I can understand. And if we go from a product perspective, what what is your what is your most important KPI? Not just thinking the business-wise, but from the product perspective. Uh, I think it's number of uh, impression and leads that we deliver to our customers. Um, so we naturally work every day with ensuring that we maximize uh, impressions and leads uh, for our paying customers. Uh, and that's both from, from an individual company perspective, but also making sure that our user journeys uh, support that need. Makes total sense. I love when the guest is saying what KPIs, but also explain why you have it, because otherwise I was like, who cares? I want to know the why. But yeah. uh, I feel quite comfortable with the why of this. So I think we should move on to go-to-market strategies, mm. this important topic for so many people. Absolutely. And you have been doing it a lot, Niklas. So can you share some of your best practices around go-to-market strategies for a scale-up. Yeah, no, happy to. And, and I think maybe the most important thing to note is that there is not a recipe that fits all. Uh, it is very much depending on the market and the company and the product. But I mean, a few headlines, I guess, is to, uh, I mean, focus, focus on the core of your business, on the why of your business and, and understand your customer. Uh, and yeah, what does that mean? I mean, it's essentially branding by selling. I think in a scale-up, you should Selling is an important element of marketing. And if you have a brilliant product, uh, a, a great offer around that product, uh, then you shouldn't need much more, to be honest. Uh, and it's keeping that focus, I think, is the key, key element of a successful go-to-market strategy. The second one I'd like to add is partnerships. Uh, I mean, we're all careful with money, and there are a lot of companies, scale-ups, startups, uh, incumbents uh, in different markets that need partnerships. Uh, and there's a lot to say and a lot to gain from, from win-win partnerships uh, that are very efficient. And here I want to have a follow-on because this is just my uh, personal belief, is that it's so easy to... Cool. Now the listeners doesn't see, but I do like, <laughs> I quote, let's do something fun. We sell to this. And then it's, it ends up in nothing. Can you please, if we dive one layer deeper, how do you secure that it's actually a meaningful partnership and just high level do something and then it leads to, yeah, not so much. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a very good question. I think it, it boils back to a word you just used, which I love more than any words, and that's why. Uh, I mean, why should you do partnerships? Before you start exploring partnership, you should have a clear idea on why and what you want to get out of it. Uh, and if you secure that going into the partnerships, uh, then then you know whether it's a partnership that you should continue with, if it's a success or not. 
Uh, and, and you can, if it's not a success, then learn from it uh, to ensure that you reach the why and the, and the, and, and the targets uh, the next time. Can you just make the word partnerships a bit more tangible? Can you give an example of one of your, from, maybe from previous past or now, one of your most successful partnership? And why was it successful? Mm, but we can we can use an example from uh, from Hitta actually. Um, so so we have a, a partnership with uh, Bully, where uh, when you search on a person, uh, for instance, you can get information on their house uh, value and size, and this is an information that's highly valuable for our users, and they find it super interesting, uh, and. Through the partnership, we get the great content and Bully get uh, great traffic. Um, so I think this is, is a typical example where, where it's a win-win uh, and a great partnership. Thank you. And uh, do you have something more you want to throw in regarding go-to-market strategies except the first two ones, bullets you have? No, I think those are the keys, key, key success factors that you should always think about. Okay. Then we move on to looking backwards. What would you say are common mistakes you see that you have done yourself with go-to-market strategies earlier and wish that you <laughs> didn't have done? I don't know. Mistakes. I've, I've never made any mistakes. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, th- I think uh, we've touched upon it now, actually. I think one one easy mistake to do is to get carried away uh, and not to have a clear idea of why you're doing it and whether or not it's it's a match for the focus of what you need to do. Um, so there's some partnerships that might be cool uh, that you 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 jump on and on on interest or or other reasons uh, and and uh, yeah I think that's a mistake that I've I've done previously. And how do you work right now to to know that you are not falling into the trap again? Yeah, we work again. Uh, the word I love most of all is is why. So so we and myself work very actively with always questioning everything we do. Is does this fit the why? Why are we doing this? Uh, is it the right thing to do right now? Uh, so I, th- I would say it's a continuous approach to uh, to actually question uh, if we're doing the right thing. Uh, Great. And talking some more classic sales, outreach. Since I'm the founder and CEO of VAM, so I'm building a sales tool with the core video as a message. So I want to collect data points. So Niklas, what would you say is a great way or the best way to do cold outreach to you? If a salesperson listens to this, and like, okay, this is the perfect way to approach Niklas. Yeah. What? How do you like to get approach? Well, I mean, first you have to say, I mean, the 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 people that do call outreach are the unsung heroes of sales. I mean, they do probably the hardest sales in the market, uh, and and I try to answer as many as possible. Uh, but I think to be successful, I think relevance is a key word, and uh, yeah, to to understand and find what's relevant for me. Um, and the other one is actually a high degree of luck. Uh, I mean, we all know to find that sweet spot, you need to 
hit me as well uh, when I have the time, uh, when I have the interest uh, and with something that I have an interest about. But I say one key thing that, that you can influence is to be relevant. Uh, and I think there's a lot of good examples of in these days when everyone is doing marketing automation and, and pushing out uh, this and that, which is great. I, I love marketing automation, but make sure that you are relevant uh, and, and uh, keep an eye on your why. If somebody reach out with the right relevance and maybe the, you, they didn't time you well with the phones, you get a LinkedIn message or email. Do you wish and do you prefer LinkedIn or email? No, for, for sure, LinkedIn. Um, I think email, it's easier to get lost in, in the queue of emails. Uh, and, and I think LinkedIn for me works as a, a tool for, for outreach. And, and that's how I, how I use it. And if I reach out to you on LinkedIn with the right relevance, would you say that if I attach a video, would that help or hurt if I have the right messaging in Takesway 2? But so you can get to know me a bit before you decide on a meeting. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely helps. Um, we've, we've all gotten, uh, I, well, I think I get maybe five outreach a day on LinkedIn. And the majority are very boring text with a link or a PDF attached to it uh, with some case. Uh, and and uh, as you can see, I'm wearing glasses. So I don't like reading. And if I can get that condensed into a video, uh, that's much appreciated. And it's time for a lighter topic. A fun fact. Mm. I want to know a fun fact about yourself that most people don't know about until now. The tricky part is that most people don't know about. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit of an open book and a chatty Cathy. Uh, but I mean, if uh, one thing that that uh, that I am proud of and, and, and most people don't know is, is uh, I... Uh, the the second company I started uh, actually had the app who had the highest turnover in Sweden for I think three years uh, in both uh, App Store and Android Market. Wow! I think I was twenty six or twenty seven at the time, uh, so it wasn't yesterday. What was the name of that? Uh, the company was called Eighty Eight Degrees North, uh, and we did uh, C chart C chart uh, tracking system for mobile phones. Wow. That was definitely a fun and impressive fact that I don't think the most didn't know about. Back to mistakes. And now we're not talking just some go-to-market mistakes. Now I'm fishing for your biggest mistake you have ever made or one of the biggest that you feel comfortable to share that you, hopefully you have moved past now so it's like not, <laughs> I'm not hurting anymore. Exactly. <laughs> what... what what is something you wish back that, okay, everybody needs to hear this story and learn from it? Yeah, I think the focus should be to learn from it. And, and that's to, when you hire people, uh, I think it's everyone knows that they're doing, uh, you take references and so on. And I think to do a proper DD, both on recruiting, uh, is something worth putting more effort into than just taking one or two, one or two references. But not only recruiting, I think also when you apply for a job, you should do a DD on your potential manager uh, or people you should work with and, and actually look who are these people, what have they done before and reputation and so on. I mean, I, I've done the mistake of not doing proper DDs and, and 
the the aftermath of not doing that is is a lot harder and creates a lot more work than than uh, if you would have done it before thank you for sharing it's time for a topic of your choice so i will sip it now and give a few minutes totally up to you to steer the narrative the only framework is that you need to be extremely nerdy and passionate about this topic yeah no and i mean uh, as a person i i i tend to go all in in different subjects and and i'm a relatively new ceo of hitta um so so i have for the past year uh, starting off as a need to learn more about small and medium-sized companies in in sweden and what the reality looked like and i think this is the area that i'm I'm now really nerdy about, uh, and I think the it's we talked about unsung heroes before, and I think this again is is an unsung heroes. We have a thousands or hundreds of thousands of small and medium sized companies in Sweden, in small towns in Stockholm in Gothenburg uh, that that are forgotten. I think many times when media and politicians talk about the reality of, of doing business in Sweden. Uh, and from our perspective, we are researching SMEs heavily to understand how we can better support them in their everyday life. And uh, I mean, as an example, I mean, if, if you have a company with three, four, five employees, you don't have a marketing department, you, you don't have time, uh, you hardly have time to invoice your customers. So how can Hitta become a better partner uh, for those? And I think that reality is, is something that both as a society we should talk a lot more about uh, and, and how we can create a better environment for, for our small and medium-sized companies to thrive uh, in Sweden. I love when people lift up the SMEs because of my my family background and where I came from. So I like that. No, I just what I we pause there and, and pay tribute to the heroes out there. Yes. Doing, it's the backbone of a big part of the society. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's it's a lot of hard work, uh, and and uh, I mean that's really where the local community is created. Uh, it's by the SMEs. And now it's time for an external question from a listener. I love to lift up other people, so it's not just me here. So it's people from the SaaS community. And today we have a guest appearance from my own co-founder, and it's Hampus, and this is his question. Hi, Niklas. So AI is a really hot topic right now, and I'd love to hear what you think is the most relevant starting point uh, with AI at Hitta. That's a very good question. Um, and I think we, we have truly embraced AI uh, and, and are actively working with it. Uh, we have an ad out right now on, uh, for uh, Sweden's first truly or only uh, AI editor. And I think that's just one reason or one way. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I think that's going to have a huge impact for Hitta, uh, we and also for our users, as, as we will be able to create a lot more relevant content uh, for our users uh, and to do it very cost efficient. 
but I think that that's just one example on how we can do it. We are also implementing the use of AI on the tech side to boost our search uh, and to boost the experience on Hitta. I don't want to say too much here, <laughs> but I think as a whole, we as a whole we are in every part of the business looking at how can we use AI to become more efficient and better for our customers and users. Thank you for the answer. And Hampus, what a great question. Thank you. We're moving on to leadership. Are you a good leader? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And, and uh, well, I think so uh, in a humble way. <laughs> uh, I mean, I or to turn it around, I like being a leader um and and i think that the reason i like being a leader is that i'm super focused on results and i think when people quite often meet me they see someone that's oh wow he's so result oriented uh, which most people think means that you have to be quite cold and and don't care about people but but for me it's the other way around to reach those results it's I mean, you have to have the organization with you and you have to have everyone in the organization with you. Um, so I spend a lot of time explaining why uh, as I want people to understand why we're doing things. Uh, and and I quite often tell my organization, it's not for me to tell you on how we do things, uh, but I need to tell you why we're doing things and what the target is. But the what we're doing, I want you to tell me. Um, so yeah, it's it's something that I'm passionate about, uh, and therefore I hope at least that I'm a good leader. Going one step deeper here, superpowers. What would you say are your top two to three superpowers? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think one superpower, if you want to use that word, is that I'm, I generally want to understand other people's point of views. I don't need to, to agree with them, uh, but I really want to understand them, uh, as I think you can learn a lot. Uh, and the other one, uh, I think, is that I, I have a drive to do things differently. Um, and I like to challenge people uh, on, on the, the how, uh, and I think that that is a, a superpower uh, when you do things differently, because that's really where the innovation is. Innovation is not always in in uh, coming up with the new Spotify. I think the really a lot of the really cool innovation comes from in in the small parts of doing a process differently or challenging how you serve a customer differently, uh, and and that I think is how you create an innovative company uh, which is one of my superpowers can you share something that you have done or a leader above you in the past have done that seemed frankly very strange super odd but when you look <laughs> back at it it's like ah it had a great amount of impact yeah i mean i i i've had the pleasure of working for uh the mobile operator three uh and when i joined i was shocked uh, over the amount of responsibility they gave me uh, and other young, inexperienced people. Um, uh, 
and and at that time i was like why don't they have older people who's done this before doing it um but i, I so 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 the wow would be the the combined management at three at the time or maybe two individuals in particular nicolas hergberry uh, and pia de rammel uh, but they really which i've realized now afterwards and i stayed almost 10 years with three uh, created a culture where you put trust in young people and and with the right culture and trust you actually allowed people young people to grow super quickly uh, which then in its turn created a, a innovative uh, environment um, so that trust in young people or trust in people i should say uh, i think is is a key learning that i was surprised about when i started at three at that time I had friends that worked there and also when you say it, they got quite much responsibility at quite young age too. I, I, I can see, let's talk about some bad things then, worst things, because everything isn't so easy and fun with being a leader. I think you can agree with me on that. So what is the worst thing about being a leader according to you? And please tell me how you handle it. Yeah, I think I mean the 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 short answer, the quick answer, which I think is the same for everyone, is of course as a leader, you need to take some some unpopular decisions, and especially when they impact individuals negatively, that is not fun. And and from my perspective, it's it's just to pull the bandaid as quickly as possible. Um, that's how I handle it. Uh, but I think that's fairly generic for everyone. But I think on top of that, I think a challenge for a leader in, in scale-ups and startups and SaaS and all the trend words is is sometimes you feel like you're in a constant snafu. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the abbreviation, but, but it stands for uh, status, uh, normal, everything fucked up. Uh, and, and I think that... As a leader, you always deal with challenges and problems, uh, and it's easy to get caught up with it. Uh, so I think the challenge is to raise the uh, the perspective and see what's actually happening at the same time as you're uh, solving challenges and problems that, that come up. Then it's time for you to summarize leadership as whole from your point of view with one word, and what would that be? It would be why. <laughs> For me, that is a key word, both the why of the company uh, to make sure that you approach it honestly, uh, painfully honestly, uh, but also make sure that everyone in the company understands why we do certain things, why we take certain decisions, uh, and also challenge, th challenge them to actually question why if they don't understand it. Uh, I think that that why is super important to create engagement uh, and reach results. So yeah, why? Leadership is all about why. I've heard a lot of why from you today. So yeah, that no, I love that word. I love it. And I know my at Hita, I think people are starting to get tired of me nagging uh, ah. about why. <laughs> you, you are Hita's Simon Sinek. Exactly. Then we leave the leadership segment and moving on to the wrap up. We only have three questions left now. If you should name drop two other B2B SaaS CEOs that you think are doing interesting stuff, leading cool companies, 
who would you like to listen to in B2B SaaS sales if I would interview them? Yeah, I think one good example would be uh, Carl Bjerkne uh, at InsertCoin. It's a Gothenburg-based gamification company uh, that have a a SaaS uh, platform for normal companies uh, to do gamification. Yeah, and my my second one uh, would be a person who I had the opportunity to work quite a lot with. Uh, who's done an amazing uh, job, uh, but he's currently starting a new position. So I'll give you his name off the record. Thank you for that. And uh, only two questions left then. And this one, I love this uh, question. And uh, I've heard it's one of the favorite ones from the listeners too. And also from the guests. I want you to talking to yourself now. If you would give yourself when you were a younger CEO, think five, ten years ago, the top one to three things to think of that you now know that you didn't know, what would you tell yourself? I think my go-to answer first would actually be, I wouldn't give myself uh, any recommendations or tips. I would tell myself to make the mistakes uh, because it's the best way to learn. The very last question then, where will Hitta be in five years? I think in, in we actually do have a five-year plan, and, and I think the, the number perhaps that I can share is that we will at that time have a margin of around 50%, and uh, we are already now on a good way to reaching that target uh, way earlier than planned. But I think more important in terms of, of HITA is, is that we really want to be at a point where we can fully utilize the enormous traffic we have the enormous data we have to actually not only move to a mass or a SaaS company, but actually in the next step become a, a data company. So I think that's where I see ourselves in five years. And I wish you the best of luck with that, Niklas. And now I'm quickly shifting the focus to you who has been listening. Two quick ones. Number one, tell a friend or a colleague to listen to Niklas in B2B SaaS CEOs. And number two, press the subscription button. We have great guests coming here every week. And Niklas, a huge thank you for putting aside around 30 minutes together with me to help the community and me to keep on learning. Thank you, it was great to be here.